It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 334 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, May 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where, of course, you can find links to every single episode. Of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. you got all 32 NFL teams covered as well. And a growing list of uh, MLB shows too, including Locked On Blue Jays. If you are interested in hearing about what's going on with the Jays right now, they had a big win today. So check out Locked On Blue Jays and you'll hear all about it. Um, there's also Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. A million different shows for you to check out on the network and they're all together on the Locked On NBA, iTunes channel or the NFL or MLB channels, whatever. Uh, and if you find a show that you like, subscribe to it separately. So you can do that with us, Locked On Raptors. If you find our iTunes page or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play, whatever, uh, please leave a rating or a review. It's the best way to support the show. Uh, it doesn't cost any money. It takes about 10 seconds to leave a nice rating. Even less if you're just going to leave a five-star uh, review with no uh, comments or anything like that. But please, uh, the comments are nice too. I like reading them. The feedback is nice. It has helped me inform the show. So thanks in advance for taking the time to do that. All right, on today's show, the season is over, uh, and we are going to go over our preseason prop bets that we made way back in September or October, whatever the hell it was, with uh, myself, Sahal Abdi, and uh, Vivek Jacobs. Sahal, Vivek, how's it going, guys? I'm awesome. I should have thrown to... uh, Sorry, go ahead. Did I cut off there? No, no. I should have just thrown to one one of you instead of two because I'm an idiot, Uh, but either way... Uh, glad to hear you. All right, Sahal. Vivek, I didn't yeah. hear you there. I'm doing pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. Just chilling, enjoying um, the conference finals. The weather. Days off. The weather, the sunshine. Yep. It has, uh, the weather certainly has helped ease the, 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 I guess, the recovery period from the Raptors. I'm feeling good now. I, I don't know. I was, uh, feeling kind of down last week, early this week, but I'm, uh, Right, things are fine. It's all good. Uh, they'll be whatever. They'll be fine. They'll be good. You know, this is very. <laughs> this is an extremely on-brand thing for me to say, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, all right. So, preseason prop bets. We'll get to those in just a second. But first of all, I guess there's some news we should talk about. Uh, Mike Budenholzer has signed on to be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, ending the Raptors' pr- rumored pursuit of him. And uh, that that's about it. I, I don't know. Apparently, he met with the Raptors on Monday. 
didn't get an offer from them. Uh, maybe it was just some more taunting after. O- maybe they just had like OG go to lunch with him and not say anything. That would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> just sit there silently staring Bud down. Uh, but Budenholzer's coaching the Bucks. He won't be coaching the Raptors. That I guess uh, shortens the pool of people that are in the hunt for the Raptors job. Still mostly just the the in-house assistants that we're hearing about. Nick Nurse, Jerry Sackos, Rex Kalamian. Not a whole lot in terms of other names thrown around, but uh, Vivek, let's we'll start with you. Uh, reaction, thoughts on Mike Budenholzer not being the Raptors coach? Um, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it would have been a bit of a lateral move to yeah. bring Budenholzer in. Um, not just because the Hawks were swept by LeBron, but more just because in terms of his weaknesses, I thought they were pretty similar to Casey's in terms of in-game adjustments and sort of reacting on the fly. Uh, I wasn't huge on, you know, he, he's, he, he's come across from his time in Atlanta as someone that can get pretty whiny with officials, and that's not something I'm too excited about seeing again. I, I, that's part of sort of the changes that I want to see in terms of the Raptors just, you know, playing the next play and not getting caught up with the officials and, you know, just rising above all that stuff and uh, all that factored into why I didn't really want him as the next guy. Fair enough. Uh, Sahal, your thoughts on uh, Bud not coming to Toronto? I mean, I always thought um, that Bud to Milwaukee was, uh, like, it was a higher chance of that happening. I think it's a good thing for Milwaukee. Um, for Toronto, like Vivek said, I think it was it's a bit of a lateral move. I was never really a fan of bringing a retread um, to Toronto, whether it be Budenholz or any of these other guys that were mentioned. Um, maybe maybe if it was Fizdale, if you can consider him a retread before he got hired by the Knicks, but the Knicks took care of that. Probably their first good move in like 20 years. <laughs> uh, but the, the Raptors, I, I, I like I like what Masai is doing here. I think he's crossing off. Uh, or you could say he's checking off all the boxes. He probably wanted to know what Budenholzer was about, uh, his plan for Toronto, um, whether that aligned with his philosophy or not. Um, asking for my personal opinion, I think I'm a fan of, of, of not hiring a guy like Mike Budenholzer, but at the same time, I'm a fan of Milwaukee hiring him. I think he, he can do some good things with uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, although I do think that team is headed for a lot of roster turnover, and if not... Um, I feel like that wouldn't be the smartest move to just run it back with all those guys again. I think Bledsoe's not that that uh, the player that he once was, and Middleton's a bit. Um, I mean, you could you can run it back with Middleton, but I think he's a type of guy that you'd probably like to uh, package with someone else, maybe to to trade and get another star beside Giannis. But um, it's a good move. It's a good move for Milwaukee, and it's a good move for Toronto. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's this is going to be nice for Milwaukee. Bud has some like nice offensive ideas, and if there's one thing Milwaukee didn't have last season, it was ideas on offense. So yeah. that's uh, that's a nice little thing. And also Zach Lowe pointed this out, but just to echo that, like the the defense he ran this season in the last couple of years with Atlanta was a lot more conservative. And like if there's something the Bucks definitely need, it's to chill the hell out on defense and uh, not be so aggressive all the time. So that should be nice, too. I think, you know, maybe Raptors fans might have been underrating Bud a little bit in sort of this process over the last, you know, week or so as the the Casey thing has transpired. 
Um, like, I think Bud is a good coach, and I do think sort of his reputation might have gotten sullied a little bit because he wasn't the best executive. Um, and, of course, he had the GM job a little bit uh, there for the Hawks for a couple years and, like, didn't do particularly well, and he's a big reason why they're in this hell now because he was kind of, you know, he had a, he was a bit reluctant to sort of offload the guys they were going to lose in free agency, and that's why they brought in Travis Schlenk. Um, but I think as a coach, like, he's a really good coach, man. Like, he took that Hawks team, which, you know, was talented, but also wasn't that talented, uh, to 60 wins, and that's not for nothing, and I wouldn't have been, like, upset if he was the Raptors coach, I think, as much as it might have been a bit of a lateral move optically, considering Bud's struggles in the playoffs against LeBron teams, I still think, you know, the tactics that Bud brings, even though there's been some issues in the playoffs, I think are a little bit more proficient than, than, than Dwayne Casey's, but, you know, either way, I think it's fine, uh, I think the Raptors are gonna be just okay without Bud, and, We'll see what happens with this uh, coaching search. It's I, I'd almost like to just hear some other names thrown around just so it's a little more interesting. Yeah. Is it just feels like it's assistants? And on, like at the end of the day, I'm okay if it's Nick Nurse or Jerry Stackhouse or whoever, but um, I, I would like to hear some more names thrown out just for some more intrigue because the Bucks coaching search was like really fun and there was lots of names and it was like all over the place. So that, that would add some intrigue to this podcast at least, so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sahal. I think it's good for the Bucks and also pretty good for the Raptors that he is uh, going to Milwaukee. Uh, other bit of news, Fred Van Vliet is the uh, third nominee, I guess, or one of three nominees for Sixth Man of the Year, the award that doesn't really matter, but it's pretty cool either way, uh, along with Eric Gordon and Lou Williams. Vivek, what can we say about Fred at this point? He's just awesome, and it's like such a cool story. Yeah, you look at where he started from, undrafted out of Wichita State, and then coming on to the Raptors, uh, joining with the 905 and impressing there, working his way up. And, you know, I think coming into this season, everyone had him uh, sworn and locked into that third string backup point guard role, maybe not uh, getting any playing time uh, barring injury. But, and especially you look at the first, you know, what was it, 10, 12 games uh, that he had with the Raptors, it didn't look too good. His shot was really off. Um, he was really struggling for a bit. And so for him to turn around the way he did and really become the connective tissue of that bench mob and set the table for guys like DeLon and Siakam and Pirtle and CJ to just be themselves, um, yeah, it's great to see that he's nominated for uh, an award that he would be deserving of if Lou Williams didn't have an all-star caliber season. Yeah, for sure. So, Hall, I guess the big question with Fred, and we'll talk about this more on the podcast going forward, but uh, he's a restricted free agent this summer. Like, this is just another sort of cherry on top of the you just have to give him whatever he wants Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. I think Fred is, um, as well as he performed this year, I think Vivek described it perfectly. He was the connective tissue for all of these guys. I think he... Uh, is the type of player that can actually raise the game of other players. He has that type of impact. Um, so I think when you go into negotiations or whatever it may be with uh, Masai Ujiri and uh, Webster and the whole crew, I think you have to um, essentially give Fred uh, whatever he wants. And I know that sounds crazy. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be something. I think that's franchise damaging or anything of the sort. But uh, I think you have to. Uh, keep Fred Van Fleet as one of the highest priorities of the Toronto Raptors offseason. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, I don't know, the, 
They were always kind of set up to pay the tax this year, and I think maybe the way they lost in the playoffs will give them some second guesses about that. But uh, I would just do it and just, like don't worry about repeater stuff down the road. If you need to offload some money down the road, whether it's Surge or, or Norm or Jonas or something, uh, I think it's worth it to keep Fred. Fred was vital to keeping Lowry fresh this season. Um, obviously, the bench unit was excellent with him. He was a crunch time player for a lot of the season. Like, he was excellent. And, like, shouts to the voters for oh, not, yeah. like, saying, oh, he didn't score 15 points a game off the bench, so we're not going to vote for him. Like, he had 8.6 points, 3.2 assists, and 2.4 boards a game, shot 41% from deep. Like, that's not, outside of the shooting, like, that's not a typical six man line. But, yeah, shouts to the voters for uh, broadening the horizons a little bit. That's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, congrats to Fred. That's awesome. Even if he doesn't win, which I doubt he will, uh, a very cool little notch in his belt just two seasons into a career that began without being drafted 23 months ago. So, shouts to Fred. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's get to our prop bets from preseason. Uh, a little sort of, we did this at like the halfway point of the season, I think, where we went over to see where we were at. Uh, at that time, Sahal was projected to win with five correct answers out of the 10 questions. I had four, Vivek had three. Um, things might have changed. The Raptors won a shit ton of games in the back half of the season that might have uh, sort of thrown off his calculus a little bit. But uh, let's uh, get to this now. Uh, prop bet number one was Raptors who averaged double-digit points per game. Uh, we set the line at five and a half. We all said over, and all of us are extremely wrong. Um, damn you, Fred, and the rest of the bench for being so egalitarian and mixing it around so much because the Raptors oh. only had five players average double-digit points, and C.J. Miles just barely did it, exactly 10.0 points per game. Um, so, yeah, we all lose on that one. Uh, Vivek, I mean, we don't really have to analyze that one. We can go to the next one. <laughs> the next one, DeMar DeRozan assists per game. Uh, we can talk about DeMar after this one. Uh, we set the line at six assists per game. Uh, I said over. You guys both said under. When we checked in at the halfway point, he was at five assists even per game. He finished the season at 5.2, so still under. So you guys get the point for that. Uh, I do not get a point. Vivek. <sighs> DeMar has been a weird guy to talk about lately because it's very apparent that his limitations are sort of a big part of what's keeping the Raptors from being able to get over the playoff hump at this point. Uh, I don't think that's any debate. I don't think it's really up for... uh, It doesn't really seem like a question at this point. It just kind of seems like common knowledge. Um, But, like, he did make so many strides as a playmaker this season. How do you... How are you sort of... Like factoring all, factoring in all the growth that he made against the sort of limitations that he showed off in the playoffs right now. Yeah, when you look at the regular season, and I would argue even through the first round against Washington, um, you know, from him making three pointers to him improving his playmaking, I thought all of that showed through the first round, um, and that's a big part of why our first bet kind of went off because he was distributing the ball so well you know you didn't have 
just the same guys going over and over again, where it was just DeRozan and Lowry and uh, maybe to an extent DeBaca and then JV doing their thing. So um, I think his playmaking took some big strides this season. You saw shades of it the season before, um, but I think now with the changes to the offense, it's allowed uh, him to show it off a bit more. And, you know, I think everyone thinks of the Detroit game where he had the big dunk, but also, you know, I think a lot of people fondly remember him driving all the way and then kicking it out to Van Vliet, um, like he did a season ago to Corey Joseph. Uh, so I think those are the strides that he's made the first round. Uh, again, you saw a lot of it. Uh, and why it fell apart in the second round, I think that's what people will sadly remember more than anything else, especially with you know his plus-minus over the final three games. Um, I think the next step for him is just engaging on the defensive end mm-hmm. way more consistently because I think... You know, I almost look at Oladipo a little bit in terms of uh, what he did in the first round. Like, he didn't shoot the ball well um, against the Cavs. And, you know, he finished the series just shooting 41%. But I think the big thing was he was still a plus on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. And so I think for DeRozan, you know, what is he giving you when he's unable to break defenses down on the offensive end when he's not making his jumper? And that's where it kills the team. He's he's hurting you on the defensive end, and then he's hurting you on the offensive end because he's you know sort of clogging up the offense. He's uh, sort of dribbling the air out of the basketball, and um, that's got to be the next step for him. And you know, I think that's part of why Casey's gone. He's you know getting a fresh voice that will be willing to challenge him on that end and give more. Um, because I think more than anything. We've all seen that when he does commit himself on that end, he can get stops and he can be intimidated. He has the strength, he has the size, he has the athleticism. Okay, maybe his muscles aren't as quick to push as you know the elite defenders, but there's enough there mm-hmm. for him to at least be a net neutral defensive player. So yeah, that he he just has to get to that point. It, it, there's no excuse now. Yeah, so Hall, if you were to sort of. If you had like lordship over Demar's development as a player, and you could trade off him not developing any more offensively, he stays the exact same offensive player that he was this season going forward, and he only adds defense. Like, is that enough for you in terms of him growing? Because I, I, yes, the three point shooting it was like the biggest myth in the, in the world this season. Like, he only shot thirty one percent, but um, like I think the playmaking got to a point where it was just it was like borderline elite. Like, would you be okay if he just stopped? developing as an offensive player and focused all of his attention into defense at this point? Absolutely. I think DeMar DeRozan, one of the guys he should uh, kind of emulate and, and and look up to in the sense that of what player he should mold himself into is, is Jimmy Butler. Hmm. I think they're similar. Eight, they, both of them are around a similar age. Um, but Jimmy is, is a guy that's been getting it done on both sides offensively and defensively and not only that he's uh, in terms of total minutes played I think he's been probably top five in the last three four years so there's really no excuse Jimmy has been getting it done on both ends at almost an all NBA level for maybe three four years straight and um, he's been doing it with a very very high minute total so I think DeMar needs to uh, like Vivek said he needs a coach to challenge him I think Dwayne Casey was 
um, a kind of okay that he wasn't uh, putting that much on one side of the court as long as he was getting it done on the other um, in a consistent manner, which is which is what he was doing. I think DeMar, you can still look at him and say he's one of the most gifted offensive players in the league. Um, but uh, for him uh, to take a step back, maybe a very minor step back offensively, um, and that doesn't just mean the raw stats like points per game. I mean, um, that means usage and different things like that. I think if he can take a minor step back defensively or really just stay the same and, and just pick up the pace defensively and uh, I think when you're a team, if, if for, for all the basketball players out there who play on a pretty regular basis at whatever level, I think when you know uh, who the best player on your team is and uh, when you see him playing at a high level defensively, it kind of motivates you mm-hmm. in a more silent way to kind of pick it up yourself. So I think it'd be good for the whole team, not just DeMar DeRozan, to, to, uh, to, to, to play on that Jimmy Butler type of level and um, but that's definitely, uh, to me, I agree with Vivek 100%. That is that, that has to be his biggest goal. I know people are saying, oh, well, work on your three. And, you know, we've been you know, we've been waiting for that for a little bit. DeMar did show some pretty good strides of that earlier in the year. Um, and then he kind of leveled off near the end. But um, I think defense has to be DeMar's uh, top priority. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about DeMar this week. Um and a lot of it's been kind of sad because I just I think there are just limitations that he has that are kind of you know unavoidable at this point. But the thing that I keep coming back to with him is like he has improved so much, and he improves pretty much every year. It's like the biggest cliche in the world every October. Like, oh, what's Demar going to improve this season? And he usually gets better. But I think the problem with Demar is that the things he gets better at are the things that he's already good at. If that makes any sense. Like, all the stuff that he was already pretty good at, he got, like, 10 or 20% better at. But he didn't really improve the stuff that he was not good at. And the stuff that he's not good at is, like, actively debilitating to the team. Um, Like, you saw in the playoffs, in the Cavs series in particular, like, just the unreliability of his three-point shot. And, like, the 31% that he had this season, even that seems a little bit misleading. Because he had, like, a couple stretches where he was on fire, and then a bunch of stretches where he'd go a month without hitting one. And it was, like... It was very feast or famine with his three. And, you know, the defense, like, I talked about this with Joe Wolf on yesterday. Like, you just can't have a wing in today's NBA who can't play defense. And you can't have a wing who's incapable of switching on at least one or two positions. Like, that just has to be part of their repertoire if you're going to have success at the highest level. And DeMar, with his physical frame, there's no excuse for him not to be a, a, a passable, even close to good defender. And we saw it, like Vivek alluded to, there were the possessions in the playoffs, like even switching on to like LeBron for possessions at a time and doing a good job. It, like, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe it's sort of incorporating more guys into the offense and sort of lessening his burden. Although, and, you know, that what you know what does that come at the expense of Kyle Lowry and the way you, you kept him fresh this season? Like there's all these trade-offs and stuff, but... I do think the stuff that DeMar has gotten better at, like, it's been the same stuff year over year. Like, he's gone from being a not very good, like, a sort of okay passer to an excellent passer. Um, he's gone from being a refined mid-range scorer to an uber-refined mid-range scorer, but he hasn't improved the things that are his biggest sort of hindrances, and that, I think, is the biggest concern with him. Um, but we will we'll have so much time to talk about DeMar this summer. It's, it's depressing. I love DeMar with all of my heart, and, like... Uh, 
Again, I want him back on the team. I don't really care about the limitations that come with him because I've accepted the Raptors aren't going to win a title with this iteration of the team. I just want to see them sort of run out the string and have some fun and win some games, and I'm cool with that. But um, if people have designs on winning more with DeMar, like these are the things he has to improve. And honestly, at 28 years old, in year 9 or 10 next season, like I think the clock's probably running out on that, but um, there, we have plenty of time to talk about that stuff. Let's go on to the next prop bet, uh, number 3. Kyle Lowry, combined points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, I set the line at 32.5. Uh, I took under. You guys both took over. And, boys, I won this one. He finished with 28.7, uh, all told. Uh, he When we first checked in, he was at 29.3. Uh, so I'm on the board. It's 1-1 across the board through three questions or three prop bets. Um, we don't have to spend time on that one. We talked a lot about managing Kyle's load this year. It was great. It worked a lot. It worked, he was excellent in the playoffs. And I think uh, managing his load and keeping his counting stats down uh, ultimately had uh, the long-term benefit you were hoping for. And here's hoping that with the return of Fred, ideally, next season and Alon, that you can keep that up. Next one here. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, Since you brought up Kyle's rest, um, do you think at all that the amount of playmaking that DeRozan took over had any sort of impact on his fatigue towards the end of the season? I think this is the first time yeah. he's had to do that much, right? Yeah, I think that's probably a fair point. I mean, I think that probably weighed on him last year, too, at the end of the year when Kyle missed all that time and he was just doing everything, right? I mean, it would make sense. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really argue that. It, it's so hard to say, right? We don't know. Like, these the teams have so much more data on this stuff, right? And just, like, know... Yeah the intricacies of the players and where they're at, their stress levels and stuff way more than we ever could. But uh, it's hard to say. Like we talk about, we've talked about so much about the rest for Kyle and you know, it stands to reason that it should apply to, to DeMar as well. So um, I guess the solution is just trade for Kawhi Leonard. So you have a third guy, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) That's that's the, that's the dream right there. That would be nice. Uh, All right. Next one here. Uh, We don't have to linger on this one too long. Number of wins against the Western Conference. We set the over or under at a very uh, conservative 14.5. I took the over, Sahal took the over, Vec took the under. And uh, they were at 12 wins at halfway through the season. They finished 19-11 and 11 against the West, which is uh, new. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that that surprised me. But, hey, that's, uh, that's pretty cool, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so Hall or Vivek, talk about the West. I got to pull up the stats for the next question. So just talk a little. No, bit. So I, I, I was just <laughs> gonna say. So my thinking going into the season um, was that because the Raptors had such a young bench that they would have those growing pains on the road, and it would take them some time to figure it out. Yeah. And you know, especially you know you looked at those early West Coast trips. Um, I thought that would be a problem for them, and so you know kudos to the bench turning into the bench mob and being great and really becoming a factor and not being phased uh, throughout the re- regular season, whether it was home or away. So. Yeah, and, and that was Fred Van Vliet. It's exactly what he said at the end of the Cavalier series. He said, um, we destroyed, I don't know if he used the word destroyed, but he used a, a synonym of destroyed, where he said, we've destroyed every single bench in the league, you know, leading up to this series. And uh, once, once we got here, um, we just didn't show up, and I think mm-hmm. um, west, west or east, um, Fred Van Fleet. It's really see, and that's why I really when I when I got that little pop up notification that he was a finalist for Sixth Man of the Year, 
Um, again, probably knowing that Lou Williams is going to take it home this year, uh, it's it's just such a cool testament for Fred Van Vliet and mm-hmm. uh, how he's led the unit all year. For sure. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, Let's go to the next one here. Uh, Total clutch minutes played. Uh, I'm having trouble pulling up the numbers right here, but we uh, we between most crunch time minutes played between OG Siakam, Jonas Pertle, and Alfonso McKinney. Shouts to Alfonso McKinney getting on this preseason. Had such high <laughs> hopes for him. <laughs> uh, why isn't it not allowing me to pull up minute totals? I might edit this out. Might edit this out. What's that? It probably has to be OG is what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know if it is, but why can't I pull up total minutes instead of just minutes per game? What the hell's going on? I have it. Okay. All right. Nope. I'm an idiot. What do you got, Vivek? <laughs> um, so who did, who did we have? Uh, we had OG, OG, Jonas. Siakam, Jonas, Pirtle, and McKinney. Okay. We did not even have so- Fred on this list. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> OG played 31 minutes, 31 mm-hmm. clutch minutes. Um, Siakam, Pascal Siakam played 61. Ooh. Okay. All right. I was wrong. Ya- Jakob Pertl played 30. Okay. Uh, Alfonso McKinney played zero. Poor guy. Do, was it just Jonas that's left? Yeah, Jonas. Jonas played 67. Okay, so Jonas won. OG was leading at the halfway point. I don't know how many minutes he had, but he was leading at the halfway point. Um, just out of curiosity, how many did Fred finish with? Fred Van Vliet finished with 97. Jeez. All right. Well, we clearly set the line on who to pick from here uh, incorrectly. I guess this was more of a front court question, but... Um, yeah. So I'll just give you the, uh, the top five in clutch minutes. Uh, DeRozan, 158. Lowry, 138. Ibaka, 113. Van Vliet, 97. And then Jonas with 67. Right on. Okay. So yeah, Jonas, uh, Vivek, you actually picked Jonas before the season. So you get the point for this one. I said Siakam. Sahal said OG. Uh, so congrats to you there. Jonas... Uh, he was good this season, and I like that he closed some games. I, I, I mean, obviously matchups, it depends with him and stuff, but Vivek, like, did you, what went into your preseason prediction for thinking Jonas was going to lead all these guys in crunch time minutes aside from him just being older and not rookies, but uh, or not a rookie, but uh, I don't know. Well, he hasn't closed a lot of games in the past. What do you think was sort of the reason for him 
getting into more close games this time around? If I'm being completely honest with you, from what I remember, it was purely based off what I saw in preseason and just how much more involved he was in the offense. And, right. Um, you know, just from the high post, whether it was him making reads, and um, I thought he did look lighter and quicker, and so I thought there'd be the opportunity to trust him a bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I just rolled with it, and who'd know that, who'd have thought that he'd go on to, you know, catch the ball on an inbounds with like three seconds remaining and then go dunk on the Milwaukee Bucks to tie the game. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> that was a foul. And, that was definitely a foul. Yeah. And so he finished a plus 39 in clutch minutes, which is a team high. Woo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> second was CJ Miles, who was a plus 36 in just 29 minutes. And third was, where we go? Fred Van Vliet, plus 33. Right on. Well, shouts to Jonas for uh, his crunch time work this season. Pascal Siakam was 18 worst, minus 39. Yeah, that was the thing. That that definitely creeped in over the course of the season. And I'm not sure how much that matters for his development going forward. I mean, I, I think his lack of shooting probably played into that some. But that also was just like an insanely small sample. So who knows? But yeah. uh, I, I, I'm very excited about Siakam. I, I tweeted this last night, but Siakam and OG... Just the way these playoffs have gone with how switching has been just king for everything, I'm very excited for those two. I think they are really nice guys to have to start sort of building a defense around. And uh, pretty psyched that they're on the Raptors for a long time to come. Uh, We should move on, though. We're taking a long time here. Let's go to the next question here. Uh, Who finishes with the Raptors' dunk of the year? Uh, I said OG. Sahal, you said Serge. Vivek said Norm. I think none of us got this right. Who ended up having the dunk of the year? I guess it was Demar, DeMar right? Yeah, it was Demar. That's 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 correct. <laughs> Demar took his fair share of souls this season. Yeah, well, Anthony Tolliver's, namely, uh, poor bastard. <laughs> the crunch time dunker, Demar. That's like pretty much the only time he ever dunks, which is pretty cool. Um, next one here, net rating of the starting five. Uh, we, so I believe the lineup that this was sort of done in the spirit of was the one that had Norm in the starting five, which, uh, probably doesn't bode well for the people who said over on this. Um, so yeah, we said the starting five at zero, uh, for a net rating, uh, considering it had been a disaster with, you know, a hodgepodge of power forwards in recent years. We all took the over and if I my memory serves correctly, we uh, got owned on this one, and the starting five was very bad. Uh, I'm pulling up the numbers right now, but uh, Sahal, what happened with the Norm starting five? Oh man, um, and I and I hate I hate that we're calling it the Norm starting five because I don't <laughs> want to put it all. You know what I mean? I don't want to put it all on Norm, but uh, it's, it's well known not just in the Raptors community, but the entire NBA community, that Norm had a pretty disappointing season. He was probably projected um, to take the biggest step out of all the Raptors this season. Um, a lot of people had them, had him as a six-man-of-the-year candidate um, in some preseason predictions. Um, so he stepped in. Um, Casey let him and CJ battle it out early in the season for the starting, for the starting small forward spot. Uh, Norm won it. And a lot of Raptors fans are happy about it. I was as well. Um, and 
I guess his fit with that with that uh, the four other guys wasn't as as great as it could have been. I think Norm is um, like we've seen this year. He's just naturally a better guy off the bench. Um, I think his fit with Demar's uh, wasn't as clean. I guess you could say as as OG's, just because OG's a little bit of a better defender, stronger, bigger. Um, he could shoot it. I think his st- standstill shots a little better, and he could space the floor a little better than Norm. Um, but um, it's sad, man. Yeah, it's sad to get this point of the year just to look back at the season Norm's had. But um, now that I see a lot of fans uh, clamoring for a trade, maybe we can get rid of Norm. But who knows, man? I, I still, still believe have... in you, Norm. Just stay away from GoDaddy. I still have hope for Norm, man. I really do. Uh, and in fairness, so when we checked in at the midpoint of the season. That lineup was a negative 11.1 net rating. Jesus Christ. Uh, it really rebounded in the back half of the year. I guess when OG went out, they picked up some more minutes together. And it finished as just a minus 4.2, which obviously not great. The worst of all the Raptors lineups with more than 100 minutes. The only one that was a, a negative. But uh, to improve almost 7 points per 100 possessions over the course of just a few games, that's that's encouraging. So um, And like Norm... I don't know. We're seeing the importance of wings in these playoffs. And Norm is a wing who can defend and, you know, in theory can shoot a little bit as well. Like, I still think there's use for him. I think it was a weird season where he was in his head the entire time. I would not be shocked if we saw Norm come out next season. Maybe a role opens up for him with a move or something like that. And there's a, like an obvious bench role for him that opens up. And, you know, we can kind of see him flourish a little bit more in a more regular role. I uh, I by no means think Norm Powell's contract is a guaranteed albatross. Vivek, what do you think, though? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, uh, if anything, Masai should look to rebuild his value. I don't think he's as bad as uh, this she- season has shown. Um, I'd like to think that those first couple of seasons, uh, there was enough there to believe in, to validate that, you know, was it four-year, $42 million deal? Um, so... Yeah, I, I would definitely just keep the faith in him. You know, he's got the tools to be a two a two way player, and if he can just work on his three point shot, work on his decision making, you know, I think that was probably the biggest problem that he had. You know, once he sort of got into the doghouse, yeah. every game that he came in, he was just trying to do too much, and you know, it was like here, here's two minutes for you, Norm, go out and show why you should be back where you were last season or the season before and you know it's kind of a double-edged sword there so um yeah hopefully you can just come in next season refreshed and uh just get it going again with you know whoever the coach ends up being that would be nice uh moving on to the next prop bet here uh bruno caboclo minutes played Man, this uh, did not end well for me. We set the line at 250 for some reason, which was like two times his career total um, or more than that. I said over because I'm an idiot. You guys both said under, so you guys both get the point for that one. He finished with seven minutes played as a Raptor and 100 minutes played for the Kings, which is kind of nice. Um, he scored 20, 26 of his career, 53 points in his time with the Kings uh, this season, so that's cool. Um but yeah, th- that did not end well, <laughs> um, and the, the Bruno experiment did not end well. It ended very unceremoniously. Shouts to Malachi Richardson. Um, how many minutes did Malachi play? Maybe I can work, give myself a technicality here and give myself a point. Oh, look at Sean trying to cheat. Here we go. I am the. Well, I mean, I can assure you that he did not. No, he played five <laughs> minutes. So yeah, no, I uh, I'm I'm boned there also. Uh, he played one less minute than Nigel Hayes, 
who don't for, don't ever forget is the all-time leader on the Raptors in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage for eternity. Um, <laughs> shouts to Nigel Hayes for his six minutes played this season. Uh, that's going to be a fun trivia question one day. Uh, moving on to the next one. You guys are up 3-2 over me right now. You guys each have three. Uh, total wins. We uh, set the over-under at 49.5. I said over. Sahal said under. Vivek said over. Of course, they finished with 59 wins. So, point for Vivek, who's making a comeback here and might end up winning this after losing uh, at the midway point of the season. Um, yeah, that uh, they, they won more than 49.5 games. Vivek... Will you fondly remember this season because of the 59 wins? I know the playoffs sucked, but with some distance, how will the 59 wins resonate in your brain? Extremely positively. I mean, there were so many great memories over the course of the season. I mean, I'm not going to let one week of pure hell just completely <laughs> diminish, you know. Oh, worse than hell, man. That was worse. <laughs> Uh, was it five, six months of really great basketball, really exciting uh, ball movement, player movement, the bench mob. I mean, Yakin skills were so much fun to watch. And then you look at uh, DeRozan's improvement as a playmaker. And you look at, you know, the number of times DeLon had those Euro steps. And, you know, Jonas making threes. And, you know, all those little celebrations you, just, you saw and those little moments that you get on open gym. I mean... Yeah, I'll never look at this season as negative. OG making Mike Budenholzer cry with the crunch time <laughs> dunk. Uh, Sahal, same sentiment for you, mostly? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking saying under. Uh, <laughs> under yeah, aside like, from uh, getting it wrong, are the 59 wins are going to be a nice memory for you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so many... I mean, watching the Raptors this season, I've never, uh, I've enjoyed watching the Raptors even through their darkest times. But I mean, this year was totally different. And it's like almost every game, uh, a different guy was having a standout game. Um, there was just so much consistency from almost every player on the team, uh, whether it be on the bench or the starters. So many guys set forward, uh, mental process. Uh, 59 wins is also a testament to Dwayne Casey, and I know he's he's gone, and hopefully he doesn't get hired uh, by another NBA team, but a lot of that's to Dwayne and, and his coaching staff, Nick Nurse, uh, Rex Kalamian, and, and completely overall in the system. Obviously, it didn't work as well near the end. Uh, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that that's not all on Dwayne Casey, but he ended up being the guy that had to go. Um, but it's it's it was an incredible season in every sense of the word. It was definitely incredible. Yeah, just to touch on your point about Casey Sahal. I mean, the professionalism that we saw over the course of the regular season to go thirty-five and two against teams under five hundred um, with one of the younger squads in the NBA. Um, obviously, you've got leaders in Lowry and DeRozan um, and experience with. Jonas and Serge now as well, but I think overall to have that professionalism and just kill teams the way they did and beat the teams that they're supposed to, which was a bit of a problem in seasons past, I think that's a huge credit to Casey. Yeah, Dwayne Casey rules, man. Um, I'm sad that he's gone. I understand the move. I uh, hope he lands on his feet. 
The Raptors' Twitter account just said, congrats, coach, uh, quote tweeting a picture of Dwayne Casey being a finalist for Coach of the Year. That's weird. <laughs> um, this whole thing is, I don't think he's going to win. I think Stevens will probably win based on like what it seemed like a lot of the voters were doing and stuff I read, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's going to be super duper weird. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can tell that. That is oh goodness. Okay. Yeah, please delete. <laughs> it's just so awkward. Yeah. Just another joke to be levied at the Raptors at this point, which uh, is exhausting. Uh, last prop bet here, and congrats Vivek because you were gonna go home with the fifth point and the victory over myself and Sahal. We all got this one correct. The question was, of course, how many playoff rounds will the Raptors win? It was set at one and a half. We all took the under, knowing that LeBron James lurked in the second round, apparently. And, uh, ah, yeah, LeBron, so we all, uh, we all get a point there, but Vivek was leading by one anyway. So with five points, Vivek, you are the prop bet champion for this season. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Did we do this last year? I can't remember. I don't think we did. No, no, no. we didn't. Well, we'll make this an annual tradition. Vivek, all you right. are the all-time champion right now. Uh, well, what do you, what do you I have like to say? All-time champion. What do you have to say in victory? And I'm better than Bodie. Bodie. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Right. I'm, I'm Step your game up. Hard. I'm coming hard next year. <laughs> I uh, I am happy with tied for second. I was second at the midway point. I'm second now. I I, I like like my acceptance of the Raptors being less than perfect. I am accepting of my faults, and uh, I'm cool with being in the middle. It's fine. Sean having an everything is fine speech for finishing second is so perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. Uh, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it. We've uh, slowly made our way through this thing. I've been dealing with uh, a terribly runny nose because allergies are a bastard. And uh, so thanks yeah. for putting up with me. If I've sounded super weird on this podcast um, and if I've been like stifling sniffles, it's been a, a bit of a struggle these last 25 minutes. I'm sweating a little bit. Um, but either way, this was great. Uh, Vivek, anything you want to plug right now? No, not really. I mean, uh, in case you missed my piece, uh, sort of about the Raptors organization as a whole in terms of their decision making and how you know they have some non-Casey things to address as well in terms of truths that they need to confront. Um, that's up on Raptors Republic if you want to check that out. Yeah, I'll have more work coming through the offseason as the news trickles in on who the new head coach of the Raptors is. Fair enough. Uh, so, Hall, anything you want to plug? Um, I don't have anything. I, I do want to say one thing. Um, for Raptors Republic, we do have uh, myself, Vivek, and, and the rest of the team. We do have our um, player kind of postseason. Uh, I haven't chose my player yet. I don't know, Vivek, have you chose yours? or? I will be doing Jakob Pertl. I will be doing a review of Jakob Pertl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh... Oh, I'm a child. Carry on, Sahal. Which is, which is I'm probably gonna ask, probably gonna ask Blake if I can do it on Bruno. Um, he'll probably decline, but um, no. But on a more serious note, I I don't know if I have anything coming out now. Um, but I we do have some things coming for Raptors Republic. It's pretty cool some stuff that Blake's been talking about. So right on. Um, just, yeah. Keep on keeping on. Uh, I don't have anything written coming up yet. Yeah, at the moment, I'm kind of taking a bit of a break because my brain hurts, but. Uh, I am doing podcasts for the next little while. 
going to hopefully have a podcast in the next uh, couple days. We're starting to do some of my own player reviews of uh, the player. Because, like, what the hell else are you supposed to do between now and the draft and free agency? It just seems <laughs> like the way to fill 15 days of content. Um, so expect some player reviews to come up. Uh, we got to get the trivia back going as well. I think Sahal's out, but Vivek's still alive. So we'll have trivia uh, keep maybe oh. Sahal can win the double. Or sorry, Vivek can win the double between prop bets and trivia. That would be uh, quite impressive. Bring it all, yeah. Vivek. Bring it all the way home. That would be rather oh, yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah. um, something that Man United could never possibly hope to achieve. Uh, and we <laughs> will. <laughs> Buses coming Good from plus. the Spurs fan. Yeah, again, I've accepted. No I've accepted my lot in life. I'm fine with it. It's cool. <laughs> Third in the table, baby, forever. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it thanks so much for everyone for tuning in you can uh, subscribe rate review uh, seriously it helps so much it's the nicest thing you guys have you guys ever uh, rated or reviewed the podcast on iTunes I, I did read it I'm not going to lie I haven't reviewed uh, I didn't leave a review but that's I did fine. read it that's fine Vivek have you been slacking so, no I've, I've done it but the thing is I use an app called Podcast Addict so uh, I don't know if it registers or not but I think I you can do it on the web page. Uh, if you go to the like, iTunes web page, just on like your, on your laptop or whatever in your browser, you can mm-hmm. do it there. But uh, thanks for juicing the stats, boys. Appreciate that. I have not given myself a five star rating because it feels weird, and I don't want anyone to see my name there as someone who's rated it five stars because that feels like a, a recipe for someone to make fun of me and screen cap. But uh, <laughs> please, everyone else, do it. It's very nice of you to do, and I appreciate it very, very yeah. much. Uh, All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thanks to everyone for uh, tuning in. This was a blast, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 